welcome to the Podcock Pcast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. And he's back, folks. He's got dad strength, my favorite cohort, the co-host, back in time for football season, Mr. Bobby Russell. Dude, how are you and yours doing? And I'm glad you're back. What's up? Hey, everyone's happy and healthy, and the little yes. one's growing like a weed. Uh, there you but, go. And uh, I'm excited to talk some college football. We, we made it back. We're at week yeah. zero. And like you said, dad strength, I'm hoping to parlay that into some winning bets this weekend. Well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping in in the wagering wars, uh, yeah, your dad strength could rub off. I'll tell your picks. I'll give you full credit. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let college football week zero obviously kind of be the uh, the catalyst of this. We might talk a little NASCAR at the end of this thing, as uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you've been watching, Bobby. It, it's kind of been on a heater over the summer. So, uh, but um, I don't know. I, I, I did all my predictions or most of my predictions solo, which is fine. Uh, but I, I feel like people's tired of my opinions. So I like to call this segment predictions by Bob because I'm not that creative. But anyway, Bobby, mm. you could kind of roll through um, what you think. But in the Pac 12, you, you got a sleeper. Who do you like to play for the conference championship? Um, just whatever your Pac-12 thoughts are, spill them out right now. Yeah, I think it's this is kind of a three-headed spear here in the Pac-12, uh, soon to be known as the Pac-4, soon to be known as the Mountain West Conference. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think we're going to have Washington and USC. I, I think Michael Penix has got the Huskies up there rolling. They did lose their uh, – I think he's their starting running back – um, for Washington. So that's kind of a hit early before the season even starts. Um, but I, I feel like Kalen DeBoer's got the boys rolling up there. Obviously, USC, they get the transfers. They got the Heisman, the reigning Heisman winner. Um, they got a good offense. Well, are they going to have a good defense this year? That was kind of their mm, Achilles heel last year. Yeah, uh, Alex Grinch, he's a good defensive coordinator. I feel like if they can get those recruits in there, that'll be something. But until it's you know showing results on the field – um, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta tip my cap to the Huskies in the pack pack 12 this year. I think, I think it's their year. I, I think they got the quarterback. I think they got the, the defensive scheme. And I think they got a great schedule setting up for them too. So that's going to be a big help. Um, so I, I love the Huskies in, in the pack 12 this year, man. Yeah. Just, just to close it out. I, I, I want to get your thoughts on it. It's, I mean, obviously it sucks. The pack 12 is pretty much caving in on itself and having all these defectors. But what a hell of a year to go out. I'm I'm excited about all of college football, but I mean the Pac-12, I think, and I said it as much in my in my preview, a lot of quarterback production back. Um, there's there's a handful of teams I'm excited to watch this year. I don't know if you feel the same way about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Washington. I, I think Arizona State's going to be sneaky good. Um, you know, Colorado, they're kind of the wild card out there. You know. Are they going to have enough players left over after the transfer portal exits? Um, are they going to have enough people healthy? It, it's, it's it's going to be interesting. And then Oregon, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter the, the campaign for Bo Nix for Heisman. Uh, as someone sitting on a Bo Nix for Heisman from five years ago, um, yeah, I, I'm did. all for it. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kind of doing a little throwback to uh, a, the Joey Harrington kind of uh, Times Square thing was kind of the first player. Say weird, it's Oregon. I guess that's Nike money, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about the Pac-12 as well. Um, let's get to the Big 12 next. Uh, a conference also going through some transition phase. Uh, we'll get to that next year. Well, actually, this year. I mean, they they bring in four new teams. 
Um, no division, so it's going to be the top two uh, going out for the conference championship in the Big 12. But um, I don't know. Who do you like? You, you got a few teams you like in this conference. Uh, what do you think here in 2023? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for the, the expanded Big 12 this year. Obviously, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU coming in. Some new blood uh, in there. And then, obviously, you know, we got the Big 12 expanding even further in 2024. So that'll be that'll be a kind of a nice setup for this season to be. I, I feel like there's going to be a theme across college football as, like, the best season ever. I don't think they've had that in the past. But I think that's really going to be played up this year with, you know, all these rivalries that are ending and and for the people who are saying, oh, we're losing Bedlam, we're losing the Apple Cup, they can still play these teams in non-conference games. They don't yeah, have they to can. play. They don't have to play Long Island University. They don't have to play the Ohio <laughs> Bobcats. No pun. No, no, no offense. Um, but you know, you can still play those games, and there will be a time and a place for those games. And I'm not worried about losing rivalries at all, because I mean, when I get Ohio State, USC every other year in out in LA or in Columbus here, that's going to be a great game when I get Michigan versus Washington every year, you know, they yep. play already in non-conference and, you know, well, they're both back to national prominence. That's, that's what I'm there for. Uh, back to the big 12 though. Like you said, I, I, I think it's Texas to lose this year. Ooh. I, I, I think Sark, I think he's got the offense and you're losing Robinson and, and the backup running back there. I can't think of the name off the top of my head right now. Uh, losing those two guys, that's, that's going to be something. Can you replace them? I, I just think Texas just they they just have it this year. Now, will they lose some games? Yeah, I think they lose the Red River rivalry. I think Oklahoma beats them there this year. But you know, I, I think they're easily an eleven and one, ten and two type team this year. I'm interested mostly in Cincinnati. You know, they lose Luke Fickle, uh, lose all their coaching staff basically. Bring in Scott Satterfield. Obviously, you know we're big Appalachian State guys, big Group of Five guys, so we know what he's done before. And I, I think that they're going to really have something with him, uh, putting some new lifeblood into that program after the the, the kind of cultish uh, way of Thuckle ran that program. And then Kansas, you know, I think Jalen Daniels is picked to be the best quarterback in the conference. If he stays healthy, I mean, if he stayed healthy last year, I think they're contending for the Big 12 title late in the year. Uh, this year, I think he can. I think he can control them. So I think those two teams, Kansas and Cincinnati, are the ones that I'm most excited to watch. Uh, but if I'm putting my money where my mouth is, I'm picking Texas to win the Big 12. Yeah, I had the I had the Horns getting to the conference championship game. Obviously, if they can get there, I think they win or can win it. Um, again, Big 12. I don't know this. This feels like a lot of these teams are even, and you kind of mentioned it with Texas, like as as 11 and one or 10 and two, or or maybe even nine and three, kind of a ceiling. Yeah, but I think you know this conference as a whole. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you think there are any playoff caliber teams in this, in this big 12, but it feels like on paper, they're going to beat each other, beat each other up a little bit. I don't know if you kind of feel that way. And, and we'll talk playoffs here in a little bit. So I guess you don't have to get too far in the weeds here, but do you, do you feel that with the big 12 or do you think Texas is far and away the best team? Yeah, I'm with you right there. Like, like I said, you said it best, you know, nine and three could even be the ceiling for Texas and winning the Big 12 at that. And, you know, we, we see it every year. There's this it's a, it's a dog-eat-dog conference. You know, one week you can be top of the world. Next week you're losing to Texas Tech 55-27. to 27. So um, a, lot, a lot of teams can win on every Saturday. And it, it's just one of those weird conferences where teams, that they 
kind of looked down upon the other teams. You know, they looked down on Kansas State, TCU for all those years, and they've been arguably two of the most <laughs> successful Big Big Twelve teams the last ten years. That was so, a championship game last year. Exactly. So, what a point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I I think it'll be a fun conference. I don't think it's going to be the best team, top four team in the country. I'll say that. Right. Okay. Um. Let's go to sort of your neck of the woods as a Notre Dame fan here. Uh, with the ACC. Um. Your your thoughts on uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference again? Um. Top two teams. They did away with division, so the top two will go. To the conference championship, I like that, I guess. But um, what's your thoughts on the ACC? Yeah, this is uh, this is a top-heavy conference size that comes yeah. in the country here. I, I think there's two teams that I think we're probably in agreement on, and mm-hmm. a third that might put up a fight, but won't be won't be as good as the other two. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about Clemson and Florida State. Sure, I, I think they end up in the ACC title game. Uh, they do play each other in September. I think that'll be a fun game. Florida State's got a couple early tests. Them, they play LSU. You know, I think they're I think they're kind of that darling this year. You know, you think back to previous years, uh, the preseason favorite teams, and I, I I think that stink is kind of on Florida State, and I think that's going to uh, play against them. I think they're going to have such high expectations. People are going to expect them to win. They're expecting to blow out teams, and I just don't think they're that type of team yet. I, they're they're not back to that caliber that they were under Jimbo Fisher that they were in the nineties. They're just not back there yet. Um, so that'll be a, a good measuring stick against LSU and Clemson Clemson. I'm not sold on them. I mean, I don't think they have great receivers. Uh, Cade Klubnick. I wasn't impressed with him last year. Um, the, the bright spot, Will Shipley, the running back. I, I think he's good. Um, yeah. And then their defensive line and their front seven. I think Clemson's going to be their difference maker. Uh, Tyler Davis coming back. I think he's he easily could have been a top three pick, top third, third, third rounder higher pick last year. Um, and then Jeremiah Trotter in the middle for him. It, it's it's going to be a great game. Uh, and I'm with you on how they're doing the conference championship. The top two teams, especially with 14 teams, it, it makes sense to go the best two, especially when the divisions they really were lopsided it, it always played out to be florida state or clemson florida state or georgia tech those off years uh so it, it, it'll be fun and my sleeper team this year is nc state um they got a great linebackers they're solid but they're not spectacular dave dorn's a good coach um so i think he'll have the boys ready to play they they just never seem to always reach their potential they they, they play great they get top 10 ranking and then they just fall off. They lose. They lose a close one, and it just all goes downhill from there. Um, but yeah, I think the ACC. It'll be a fun conference for you know three through fourteen in that conference. But the top two, I think, will run away with it. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, you're kind of getting at a little bit of a deal, I guess. Uh, looking at the futures market, Clemson's plus one fifty, uh, the favorite to win the ACC's, ACC. ACC uh, still, so. Um, but I feel like the last couple of years you had to lay chalk on that. So I guess they're coming back to the pack a little bit. Um, I kind of like your North Carolina state thing. Like they're, they're 20 to one plus 2000. Um, that, that isn't a crazy shot there. Um, you know, so I, I kind of like that pick. Uh, you mentioned Dorn. He's done a good job there. They, they always play good defense too. And um, I don't know. They lose Leary to Kentucky, but they get the Armstrong kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, transferring in from Virginia. So um, 
the cover's not empty uh, on the offense. So yeah, I like that pick, but I'm, I'm obviously I said my piece on the ACC preview. I, I think it comes down to the two, to two uh, big guns, FSU and Clemson in this thing. Um, but I guess we'll see. That's we're all speculating here. Uh, all right. SEC, let's go with them, and we'll round it out the Big Ten. But the SEC, um, you know, Georgia's back-to-back national champs, um, question marks down there a little bit, question marks in Alabama. Uh, I mean, there's so many storylines here. Uh, what's your thoughts on a, on a what could be a, a weird year maybe uh, in the SEC? Yeah, it's definitely going to be questionable. I, I think there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of smoke around the Georgia program around Carson Beck. I, I know highly rated recruit. Has he been on the field much? I mean, obviously he hasn't because he's been behind Stetson Bennett. Um, so I'm not really sure what to make of him. I, he just doesn't scream leader of a football team to me. He, he kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, the quarterback uh, from Nebraska the last couple of years, um, not last, but Adrian Martinez, you know, what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know, all the hype, it's all there, you know, big time team, and then just kind of just kind of average. So that's that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Um, and Georgia, they, they're doing the thing again this year where everybody's doubting them. I mean, their their schedule is it, it's bad. I mean, you know, you say you play in the SEC, but you're out of conference. UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and no offense to Georgia Tech, but you're just not Georgia Tech of old. You're not Georgia Tech of the '90s. It, it's just not good. And the crossover games, obviously, they have at Auburn. Um, that's always a good rivalry, oldest rivalry in the South. Um, Ole Miss, I think that'll be a fun one. I think Lane Kiffin can keep up scoring with Georgia, I, but much like USC this year. Is the defense going to be there? I don't think so. Um, Alabama, I, I think Alabama's the favorite for me in the SEC oh, this year. Okay. Um, you know, mostly just because, you know, they got the one of the top five offensive coordinators in the country, Tommy Reese. I, I think he's actually going to have a pretty good year. Um, I think he'll have a quarterback that can, you know, make throws and can do things that, you know, Drew Pine couldn't, could do things that Ian Book couldn't, can do things that Tyler Buckner couldn't, even though Buckner's there as well, who's probably not going to start. So that's probably not even something to worry about. But Alabama's got defense out the ass. Um, I think their skill positions are the best in the in the conference, and I think that's really going to really bring them forward this year. Sleeper team for me, um, I like Kentucky. I, I, you said it a little bit ago with Devin Leary transferring from NC State, one of the portal darlings of this year. I, I, I think he'll lead that team. I think he'll pick right up where Will Levis left off. Might even be a little bit better than Will Levis, in my opinion. Um, and I, I think that you know they, their schedule sets up pretty good. They get a couple good big games at home. And I, I think you know they continue the streak beating Florida. I think they give Tennessee a game. Uh, and then I don't know if they play LSU this year or not. No. Um, so yeah, Kentucky's kind of my sleeper there. They're kind of my, my favorite. And then one last one in this one, I got to go with the Vanderbilt over again this year and wins. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, was it four, four and a half? Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think you get some flat fours in some markets, but yeah, I think it's in that four and a half range. Yeah, you know, look at this. Looking at their schedule: Hawaii, Alabama, A and M, Wake Forest, UNLV. I I think you put in four wins right there, um, and then you know you beat one of you know Missouri, um, Ole Miss, Florida. You know you can catch one of those teams on an off day. 
you're you're at five wins there, and I think that's I'm hammering the over in wins for Vanderbilt again this year, especially with their torn down stadium. Yeah, well, hell, I mean, they go five and seven that over last year. What? <coughs> I mean, a cash before um, October uh, mm-hmm. last year, a little higher number. Uh, I like that play. I think I was on that over with you, uh, or on it this year with you. Um, the thing about your Alabama pick is you are not, I mean, probably since what, 2007 or eight, maybe 2009 with, with Urban still at Florida. Like I've, I've seen some three to ones for them to win the SEC, uh, to some plus two forties, plus two fifties, like them not being the outright favorite, like you're getting a deal at it, at it this year. And I mean, I'm a little down, I guess on Bama, but from a, a betting perspective, like it's been over a decade since you got that kind of price on them to win the conference. So, I mean, I, I, I don't hate it, Bobby. I kind of like where you're going with that. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you think, uh, like, I guess we could talk about it a little bit. Um, A&M and Florida, like, I get it. They're kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, Jimbo's been there a while and kind of faded um, last couple of years, or at least last year. Florida rebuilding their program, but two proud programs kind of not getting any buzz, really. Um, do, do you think one of those teams um, – have a have a shot in their division to compete, I guess. I mean, I know you like Kentucky as a wild card, but or a dark horse, but can can I under shoe an A and M twelve to one to win the conference? Um Florida's win total, I think, is like five and a half or six, um, which is the lowest I've ever seen it. But does any of those things entice you at all? Yeah, of the two, I, I, I would lean heavy Florida on that one. Um just looking at their schedule, they they get their big games at home, Tennessee at home. Uh, obviously, the Georgia game is kind of a neutral site. Florida State at home, Arkansas at home. Um, they go to Missouri. They go to Kentucky. I, I, I think you know, it, it comes down to can they beat Georgia in this conference. I, I feel like they're head and above the rest of the teams in the East. Um, you know, I am the world's biggest South Carolina Gamecock supporter as well, so I'm yeah. not going to let them fly under the radar. Uh, obviously, I'll talk about them later in the season once we get into the you know weekly previews. Um, but if I had to pick one gun to head, I'd take Florida just because I think they got better athletes. I, I think that they've they they got a positivity around their program that A and M doesn't right now. A and M they've they had the good year in 2020, and then other than that, they really haven't had much to to write home about. It, it's just been kind of negative. Uh, they got the the big hole with the Jimbo contract, and you know they've they've gotten recruits, but they haven't produced on the field. So um, Florida's in year two with Billy Napier, and um, I think he's got his guys in there. He's got his um, system established, and I, I think the results are going to come for him. All right, let's move on. Finally, to the Big Ten, um, still doing the division thing uh, like the SEC uh, in the Power Five. Um, but who do you like in this conference? I mean, I, I think we all kind of figure it's a three-headed race in the East. The West feels wide open again. Maybe you feel different, but uh, what's your thoughts on the Big Ten? Yeah, um, I'll start with the East just because, you know, that's, you know, your team's in there. That, that's, that's kind of our bread and butter of, of this podcast. I think it's a two-headed, two, two-team race here and not okay. the two you're going to expect. Oh, Mich- I'm taking Michigan to win the East. I, I think – 
They, they've got the most coming back. They're the deepest. They've made playoff runs the last two years. They got the big monkey off their back. And the second team, I'm going Penn State. I, yeah. Drew Aller, I think, is going to be the next great Penn State quarterback. I think he, you know, obviously he's probably not going to play as long as Sean Clifford, but I think he eclipses everything athletically that Sean Clifford was. Um, you know, and I think if he gets if he gets some confidence early, I, I feel that's going to be huge for them. Um, so those are my two there. I think Ohio State's a nine-win team this year. Um, I, I, I just don't see it with the two quarterbacks that they're having the big quarterback controversy with. Um, I, I, I get they're highly rated recruits, but that they're not the kind of quarterback that Ohio State's accustomed to. They're, they're not Dwayne Haskins. They're not JT Barrett. They're not um, CJ Stroud. They're more Todd Beckman than anything. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think that Ohio State's is kind of it's gonna be a down year for them. It, it, this is, you know, think back to the early 2000s. This is this is Outback Bowl versus South Carolina territory for Ohio State. Um, but yeah, Michigan, I, I think they beat Ohio State at home um, easily. And then the game against Penn State, I think that'll be the game of the year in the in the Big Ten, hands down. Um, I'm really I got that one circled on my calendar. I'm looking forward to that one very much. And then um, in the West, I I, I, I think. Wisconsin gets all the loves because, you know, they're, they've been the most consistent in the West since expansion back in, you know, 2011, 2012, when Nebraska came over. Um, and they, they lose Paul Christ and they bring in Luke Fickle. I, I think that's an upgrade. Um, I think a yeah. downgrade is for them is losing Jim Leonard as defensive coordinator, Wisconsin guy. I, I feel like the, the guys, they played for him for a little bit something more than just him being their coach. I think he under, they understood that he knew what the program was about. He knows what Wisconsin takes to win. So that, that's going to be a big loss for Wisconsin. I like Iowa, Cade McNamara coming in. Um, I, I, I think he's your typical Iowa quarterback. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like he can make the plays out of the pocket when he needs to. Good pocket passer. And he's more of a game manager type. He's not going to wow you with stats, 400-yard games, six touchdown games. You know, you're going to get – you know, 230, two touchdowns, you know, 30 yards on the ground in, in a 21 to 10 win. I, I think that's what Iowa's about. Then my dark horse in the West is Illinois. Um, Burr, yeah. I think he's got it going out there. I really like what they're doing. I like the team he's put together. Um, he's bringing that old school Wisconsin mentality to Illinois. And, and for such a uh, proud football program, you know, 80s and 90s, early 2000s with Juice Williams and crew, Richard Mendenhall. I, I think they're getting back there. I think they got that swagger about them. So I'm excited for Illinois. I think their schedule sets up pretty well. Um, you know, I think week one for them will be a good test. I think Toledo, one of the best teams in the MAC, that'll yeah, be a I'm fun a, one to watch. I'm excited about that game for sure. Um, and then Penn State week three, that'll be a good one. Those two teams, you know, it's, it's such a good uniform matchup, especially with how Illinois got back to what they used to. Um, so I'm excited for that one. And then the rest of their schedule, um, you know, who do they play in the East? Indiana, um, Maryland. So that that's 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 a good, good, solid wins there for them in that program. So I think they're an eight, nine win team and contending for that West spot. Um, and then my RIP of the year is Northwestern. Um, <laughs> that's I, tough. I, yeah, it's it, it's tough to talk about just because I've met Pat Fitzgerald at coaching clinics, stand up guy. He, he took the time to talk to the small division five coaching staff from Southern Ohio. So I, I, I like Pat Fitzgerald. I, I don't want to believe everything that was going on. Um, you know, shit sucks. happens. 
Um, but I, I feel like that program, that was the worst thing that could have happened to them. I don't think they're going to get back to any level of success in the next 20 years that they had under Pat Fitzgerald. No, it's tough. Um, I, I was thinking when you mentioned the Illinois-Penn State matchup, wasn't that the first overtime game with the new rules a couple years ago? Like d- just going for two and it went to like seven, eight, nine, two yeah, point tries on each yep. side. Yeah. So just weird, weird how my brain works, but I went there. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about the big 10. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not ready to throw dirt on Ohio state just yet, but you mentioned the quarterback. I'm just going to jump on this point real quick. It's about fucking time. If they had average college quarterback play. Like you mentioned it, Todd, they still went to the BCS that year, but uh, Todd Beckman was the last guy. Seriously. Like after, after him, it was what Braxton. And then it went like Kenny Guyton could play. Um, JT Haskins, uh, Cardell Haskins fields Stroud. Like they've had a run of like that. A lot of schools would kill for. Like hell, Alabama hasn't even had that kind of consistent quarterback like every every damn year for like a decade. Like Alabama's had game managers and had to find out to win games. So fuck you, Ohio State. I hope you have average quarterback play. I guess is what I'm getting at here. So, um, but hey, we we both get another crack at him this year. Your Irish host them. Um, you know what? Is that a month? About a month in a couple of days. That's week three or four, um, right? So. Yep, a month from today, exactly. Okay, yeah, so um, hopefully uh, this show will be dancing on some uh, Buckeye graves. But um, all right, let's, let's, let's go through this here. Um, I guess question two for predictions by Bob. Group of five dark horses, do you have any? Uh, and I guess, I mean, you could kind of define it how you want to. Uh, to me, I was just thinking like, a group of five team, you know, that could obviously get to the new year six or just be in contention. Um, I, I don't, I mean, personally, I don't think that they're going to have a playoff party crasher like we did with Cincinnati a couple years ago. But if you look back the last two years, we've had Cincinnati make the playoffs. Tulane wins the cotton bowl over USC. So they've made noise the last two years. Um, have you identified uh, a team or two or hell, maybe you got a list of five or six. I don't know, but who's your uh, party crashers here in the, in the group of five. Yeah. My, uh, my first one is going to be coastal Carolina. Um, yeah. They got their quarterback back. They, they got a great young team, um, good schedule. And I think, you know, they pull off some upsets. I think they go undefeated. I think they're sitting pretty right there. Um, Another one I like this year is the UTEP Miners. Um, I, I, you know, they got the quarterback uh, Gavin Hardison. He is yeah, uh, back on. for them. Yes, and he is going to throw for a lot of yards week one. Um, that's a little foreshadowing for myself and some picks here <laughs> later. And I, I, I think that you know they got an easy schedule. I mean, their Northwestern Arizona are their you know kind of their out of conference games. Their you know Pac-12 Big Ten opponent. I you know. It, it does carry some weight because the type of recruits that those two teams get versus UTEP. So you do have that there. But other than that, I, I feel like they can win their conference very easily. Um, and I, I, I'm excited for them. And um, yeah, those are the two I'm kind of eyeing right now. Um, dig into it a little bit more. Uh, might be pull some out, you know, after week one here. Um, yeah. 
and that's what I shout out our Ohio Bobcats. You know, I, I I think that you know they get Iowa State to come down to Athens this year, which I'm trying to get to that game, trying to find a babysitter. Um, and you know, San Diego State here, week zero. We'll talk about that. I'm sure here in the next few minutes. Um, yeah. You know, Curtis Rourke, if he's healthy, if he's back, I, I think this team rolls. Sia Bengura, Sam Wigglers, um, offensive line brings back four or five starters. So I'm excited for the Bobcats this year. I I, I think ten wins and a MAC championship is easily within our grasp. I uh, yeah, I, I I would agree. I mean, I gun the head. I took Toledo because um, I got a ton coming back, but I, I think we're we're going for deja vu. Uh, with the MAC championship, I like both those teams. I don't know that the MAC gets quite the respect as a party crasher. Toledo, they they spring that week one upset and stay clean, they might have a chance. Um, you know, so maybe. But I, I'm, I'm with the, the Bobcats. Uh, obviously, uh, get it done, and we'll party like it's 1968. I believe so. Um, all right. Hi. Do you have a Do you have a Heisman favorite? Do you have a Heisman dark horse? Um, I mean, me personally. Um, I don't really, I don't know. I, I used to get jacked up for the Heisman and want to talk about it all the time. And, and when I was a kid and in high school and stuff, I feel like now I've gotten older, I could care less, but I mean, I feel like if we're going to do a little p- primer preview thing here, I feel like I had to ask the question. So I'll, I'll stop rambling. Do you, do you, do you like anybody for the Heisman? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think people that are going to be in contention, you know, obviously Caleb Williams is going to be up there barring any injury this year. Um, but, you know, we just don't – we don't see a back-to-back winner anymore. It just does not happen. Uh, you know, watching – I've been watching the, the Swamp Kings, the Florida documentary on Netflix. Um, and I, I don't know how Tebow didn't win too. He was so damn good. Um, I, I think one that's going to be up there – um, being on the receiver, I, I think if there's a receiver that can win it again, I think it's Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, yeah. if if one of those two quarterbacks can get him the ball, you know, eleven times a game, he's going to make people miss. He's going to have hundred yard games no matter what. So I think he could put up the numbers um, and really lead them. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. I, I think he's a very good dark horse. I think I'm very high on Washington, like I said in the Pac-12 preview we just did. Uh, I, I think he's going to at least be an All-American second team, um, and I, I think he'll be probably up there. If I had to pick one player from defense to make the trip to New York for this, um, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama, the defensive back there, I, I feel like he's going to be a shutdown corner. I, th- I think you're going to see shades of Woodson um, with him. And I, if, if there's one defensive player that does get invited, I think it's him. So he's kind of a dark horse defensive guy. You always got to throw one of those in there. Yeah, I I personally haven't I, – I didn't talk a ton of Heisman. Um, I, I'm kind of with you with the Pac-12. Um, you know, Caleb will be in the mix. I like the Penix pick. I like Bo Nix. I think he's going to have another fantastic season. Um, as well, um, I don't know. I, I you might cringe at this. I kind of like two LSU guys. Um, I, I like Daniels, the quarterback. I think LSU will be really good this year um, under Brian Kelly. And then, you know, you kind of made me think a little bit defensively. I like the Perkins kid, uh, kind of a linebacker, defensive and hybrid. Um, I mean, it's so tough to put up you know, stats, I guess, that, that jump off the page uh, from the front seven point of view. Not unless you're like a, a dominant force like Sue. I'm not saying he's going to be that kind of player, but I guess I, I, would, I wouldn't, I would you know, 
scoff at the idea if he got the invite there. Um, and then to be a homer, I mean, I, I feel like Blake Corn was on his way to getting the invite last year until he mm-hmm. got hurt in the Illinois game. And um, I don't know if he'll put up quite the numbers this year as he did last uh, with Edwards and maybe an improved passing game with McCarthy uh, and the Michigan offense. But, uh, you know, I, I think Corum, I mean, he's 30 to one uh, right now. I'm looking on Caesars. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a good price. I've wasted money on uh, worse stuff with even uh, worse odds. So I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge Heisman guy. I agree with you on Harrison jr. Like from a receiver point of view, uh, if we're going to get another Devontae Smith type season, he's the guy. Um, Caleb's obviously the favorite. Uh, Ewers is up there. Daniels is up there. Your boy, your new boy, Sam Hartman. Uh, he's floating in the top 10 at every market. Drake May, uh, Jordan Travis from uh, Florida State Club, Nick, the Clemson QB, kind of to give you an idea of that market. So uh, also Joe Milton could have a big year in that offense. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like he's a little too trendy. I've heard a lot of people say Joe Milton, so I'm kind of staying away from that. Um, okay, so we don't have to we don't have to give it out right now. Uh, but my, my the next thing I wrote down here, I, I had five questions for you. Uh, playoff four, I, I think next week. Uh, obviously, we'll preview week one, go in a little more depth uh, to the week one games. We'll have more games to talk about, obviously. But uh, maybe we'll circle back. But I guess right now, you know, these aren't locked in. Um, just off the top of the dome, what what sounds right to you right now? Who's going to be the playoff four? I'm not telling you or asking you to to, to pick a champion uh, or or you know who's going to win each semifinal. But just what feels right to you? Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this one for a while mm-hmm. since, you, since you sent me the, the rundown here. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the conference champions, um, three of them at least. Um, Alabama, mm-hmm. they win the SEC. Whoever wins the SEC goes to the college football playoff. No doubt about it. Um, Alabama, Georgia, interchange them. For me, it's Alabama. Uh, number two, I got Michigan. I, I think they're going undefeated again. Uh, they're winning the Big Ten again. I, I think you know they get to Indianapolis. They have fun with that Big Ten championship game like we saw last year against Iowa. Um, so I think they're, I think they're a lock for me. Third, I'm going with the Huskies. Uh, they're going to get a Pac-12 team there in their final year there before they head to the Big Ten. Uh, they're going to be, you know, their, uh, their second uh, trip to the college football playoff. Yeah. Uh, the first repeat team in the Pac-12. So I like the Huskies. And then, uh, you know, I, I could, couldn't do this without being a little little homerish. I'm taking the Irish number four. They go 11-1. and one. They, they play three of the top ten teams in the nation. They got to beat two out of the three. I think they get that because they play two of them at home. Um, so give me the Irish coming to number four to get a, another shot at Alabama in the playoff. You know, and another thing I was, I, I've been looking at this Notre Dame schedule. I'm probably not as high as, as your hopes or maybe you actually think, but I mean, who knows? Like that Pittsburgh game, that Wake Forest game, like two home games later in the year, those teams might have a number by their name too. Like you would, you would assume, you know, your, your Clemson, your Ohio State, um, your USC, yeah. Those, those are probably going to be top, top ten games when they play them for sure. But, hell, you could end up with five, six ranked wins or four uh, ranked wins and, and play, you know, five ranked teams. So, that's – I mean, it's, it's another name for Christ's sake. So, it's not crazy. Uh, they've been to the playoff before. Um, yeah, I'm with you, though. Like, I got Georgia in the SEC. Like, they're going to 
you know, the SEC champ, like you said. Uh, I'm going to be a homer, but I, I took Michigan to win the Big Ten. I think Michigan gets back. I, I feel stupid doing this, but I agree with you. It's going to be a Pac-12 team. I, I just feel that way. And I had SC win in the Pac-12. I hate that. Like, hopefully they learn to, you know, get a stop every once in a while and tackle this year. Uh, but offensively, like, you know, that team could go. And I think it's going to be, man, I think the, the four spots going to be much, much like, you know, in playoffs past where I think it's going to be kind of highly contested with maybe three or four teams in the conversation. Like I could see Ohio state being an 11 to one non-champ again. I could see your Penn state team. You like Bobby, maybe they're 11 and one sitting at home uh, on the conference championship weekend, just waiting for somebody to screw up. Um, I could see Bama or LSU, one of those teams not getting to the championship game, but sitting there with, you know, a loss and uh, ready to pick up the pieces. Uh, so like I said, I guess gun the head. I, I think I would take. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the Buckeyes again. I think three three of the four returning teams uh, get back to the playoffs again. But I mean, um, we'll see. Obviously, and like I said, these ain't locked in picks. Uh, all right, final question. We've talked a little expansion just naturally. Um, but and you mentioned this. This kind of feels like the greatest season ever, or like the last season of college football, kind of as we've gotten used to or know know it. But I guess my question to you, like, what's the future of college football? Um, I mean, you could kind of take that, but any way you want. Like, I, I think I was looking for or asking this question, like the next five, ten years. What do you think um, it looks like? Um, so take take it and run with it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me with the college football expansion, you know, the Big 12 poaching, you know, the leftovers, you know, the Big 10 expanding, is we're still going to get the same product on Thursday night, on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Labor Day weekend. We're still going to get that. We're still going to get great bowl games. We're still going to get a 12-team playoff next year. That's going to be insane. Um, you know, you're still going to have the pageantry of college football. Are the teams going to be different that they're playing? Yeah. But, you know, how many times growing up did you, you know, be, uh, do franchise mode with, you know, with Michigan and create your schedule when you could and put in, you know, Alabama, put in, you know, USC instead of, you know, FCS Northeast. You, that's that's what this is. Um, and it, it's about money. There's, there's no doubt about that. Money's there. And, you know, I think regardless of this happening, the big teams, the the big, you know, we'll call it the big 64. Because, I mean, if you think about it, there's probably – that's probably the cutoff of a team that could be a Cinderella is like a 64th team and up in the preseason rankings. Um, they were going to find a way to make this happen. And, you know, I, I think it sets up for, you know, good television. It sets up for universities to get lots of money because, you know, football brings in the money for these universities, whether people want to talk about it or not. That Ohio State football, that pays for their libraries. That pays for those hospitals. That pays for all those new buildings on campus there. We've all seen them. We know where the money comes from. You know, 110,000 people on a Saturday paying $10 a beer. That's, that's where it's coming from. Uh, ticket sales, that's, that's gone up in recent years. Um, you know, I, I wish tickets were a little bit lower just for, you know, think, you can get like a family of five wants to take their team, take their family to 
a Buckeye or a Michigan game or Alton Notre Dame, you know, that's, that's a, that's a vacation instead of for some people, you know, that's thousands of dollars. So that's bringing in money everywhere for these small schools, these small towns. So I'm all for it. I am here for college football expansion. I'm here for college football to break apart from the NCAA. I'm here for, you know, I'm here still here from action, but you know, I want to see, Ohio State play USC every year. I want to yeah. see Notre Dame play USC. And I, I think Notre Dame is probably in the best spot out of anybody because teams still need non-conference games. You're not going to play 12 conference games a year. It's just not possible. You're independent. You got your TV contract. And, and independence is looking better than ever. You know, you read some of the message boards, uh, some of the stuff on Twitter you know, people at Clemson are like, why aren't we independent? We don't need to play Georgia Tech or uh, North Carolina every year. Why can't we play Ohio State, play Notre Dame, play, you know, Alabama during the regular season and get the money for it and get the eyes on us? And that's that's the biggest thing here. So I'm for college ball expansion. I'm for college ball to break away. And I'm ready for every Saturday to be the best Saturday of, of the month. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, I I would agree with you on just about everything. Like, it's the TV contracts that these conferences are are getting in bed with, and that's fine. Like, I want to watch the games, so fucking put them on. I don't. I'm I'm not one of these old fogies where uh, streaming bothers me or anything like that. Like, it is what it is. Um, and I I do feel bad. Like you mentioned the Mac, <clears throat> I feel bad for the Mac, but like the Mac. The Mac schools, you know, their budget is it's kind of closer to like the upper echelon teams in the FCS anyway. Mm-hmm. So like if you're you're right, if it is like a sixty four to if I mean if they expanded it out to eighty teams maybe and that that'd probably be the max. But you're probably right saying that sixty four team limit, right? And they mm-hmm. just kind of create their own college football. But yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Like. Don't get me wrong. Have I sweated out some uh, Maryland or Rutgers or, um, you know, Purdue games over the course of the Big Ten expansion? Yeah, I have. Like, but, you know, would I rather sweat out? And you probably lose some of them, obviously. But you don't have to be, like, as, as perfect in the new system because the playoffs expand. And with the conference expanding, like, you can go out there and challenge yourself. And if you are a nine and three team, but look, you beat four top 17 teams or whatever, like that's, that's going to resonate more than a 12 and oh, you know what I mean? So I, I think it's good. Uh, the people that's getting bummed out about it, I get it. They're traditionalists, but you're a hypocrite too, because you're still going to fucking watch the games. Mm-hmm. You're still going to gamble on it. So uh, we can't do a thing about the change. So I'm with you, dude. I'm, I'm embracing it as well. Like it's college football. Long as the, long as those helmets look the same, and they play those same songs and we see those same traditions. It's the same thing, man. Like it, it, it is what it is, I guess. So uh, that's, that's my stance on, I, I feel like you and I is kind of lockstep with that. Um, I don't know if you had anything to add, or if you want to move on to week zero here, we can. Yeah, man. I, I, I feel like everything, it, it, it's been a slow summer. I feel like everything's been about expansion. So I think mm-hmm. it would just be, it would just be doing a disservice to keep talking about it. And uh, get get to our our real expertise, and that's week zero football. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I don't know how I was gonna go about this, so 
I mean, we're going to talk all the games, I guess. Well, let's just start here. Uh, we usually go in chronological order, but let's just go in, with, in the order of, I guess I'll quickly rank these games from worst to first. Uh, worst game on the board to me, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, UMass at New Mexico State. Um, <laughs> you got anything on this game? Uh, the Aggies of New Mexico State, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, you got anything on this game? I, I, uh, I, I'm one of these degenerates that is going to bet on this game. Uh, shout out Sicko's community on Twitter. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking New Mexico State. I got them at minus seven in this game over UMass. UMass stinks. I mean, that, that's just a bad football program. It, it, I mean, are, are they even making money with their football program? I think they make more with hockey and basketball than anything. So New Mexico State's beat them the last couple of years. I, I'm pretty sure uh, – I can't think of the score off the top of my head from last year. I know they beat them. I think there was one season they actually played them twice in a season um, just because – I think that was 2020 possibly. Um, so New Mexico State, I mean, there's nothing about them. I mean, they're an average team. <laughs> they got a cool mascot. That's about it. Um, but I think they definitely take care of business against a poor UMass team. Yeah, my, I, I mean, I kind of root for UMass a little bit. Like, Don Brown's there. He's their head coach. Um, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Don Brown, obviously, former Michigan defense coordinator. Um, but, I mean, I, I can't muster up any confidence in UMass. I don't know if I'll play this. Like, I feel like starting at 7 o'clock, though. I'm, <laughs> I, I, the, it, it might be chase mode, so I guess I would probably lean the lay in the 6.5. Uh, or playing something live. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I wanted to ask you this too. I, I feel like Vegas is so sharp though already, but like with the new clock rules, I, do you think they baked them in already to the total? Cause I was hoping they wouldn't, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid because looking at this total, it's 45. I would lean maybe towards the under, but maybe they already baked in the, the game speeding up uh, less plays a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know if you had any thoughts on the totals of the first couple weeks. I mean, after the first two weeks, I think, uh, if they are behind the, the computers and bookmakers will catch up, uh, to the pace of the game. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that before we move on to the next one. Yeah. Especially with these two teams, they're not, they're not running gun. They're not trying to take a snap every 19 seconds. So it's going to be a slow game. Um, I even see the under on Fandle here at 44 and a half. So it's gone down. Mm. Uh, so that's, that, that's, that's very telling. And I, I kind of like the new rules. I just want to touch on that real quick. I um, like the new clock rules. I, I think, you know, the last two minutes is perfectly fine to keep it the same. Uh, but continuity across each level of football, I think that's, that's, that's good, especially with college and NFL being a little more similar than it is from high school to college. So the running clock, I feel like that's going to add a lot more intrigue and a lot more, um, giddy up in the game from these coaches trying to make decisions and not extending the game. So I, I, I'm here for it. Yeah i i don't have a, I don't have a strong uh, opinion on it. Like I, I'm kind of one of those guys that kind of makes fun of the. Well, I guess it'll be the Big Ten now. I always make fun of the uh, CBS SEC game at three thirty that would end at like near, damn near eight o'clock and go way over four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I get why they're trying to tighten up the TV windows. I'm fine with that. I mean, you could pretty much set your watch to the, the NFL on a Sunday. Um, if you got any chores or anything you need to do, honey, do this wise. You're like, all right, I got to get back in by by 3:45 to 
catch the end of these uh, one o'clock games. So it's kind of, we'll probably get that, you know, I get college has more games, different start times, but I think a more uniformed schedule uh, will be cool. Um, All right. How about uh, this game? Nine Eastern time, CBS sports network, uh, Florida Atlantic, uh, the Panthers at Louisiana tech, um, law tech, what 11 point favorite here. Um, I feel like you're a Hank Bachmeyer guy with me as well. He transferred from Boise to La Tech. 58 and a half is the total. You have any uh, opinions on that game? Yeah, I, I, I like Hank Bachmeyer there. I also like Dakotist Crawford. He's also there as well. La Tech. Oh, great name. Yeah. So <laughs> they, I think they're going to have a good team. I think that they got a shot to be, you know, possibly one of those sleepers. I think they they hover around the top 25 ranking, uh, it seems like every every other year. So I think it'll be fun to watch them. Um, I actually got to play on this game. I have Louisiana Tech. I got them at minus 10 and a half. Um, good number. I, I think that Florida International, not a good football team. Um, really hasn't been in the national news since they got into the giant fight with the U back in the early 2000s. So uh, I'm, I'm riding La Tech to, to kind of blow them out in this game. Yeah, I... I don't know. I think I've, I don't have any opinion on that game really. Uh, I'd probably go with you and, and lay the, lay the number. Uh, yeah. I probably won't watch that one. Uh, maybe, I don't know. It'll be the last game on that or this Saturday. Uh, let's go to uh, UTEP at Jacksonville state. Uh, the Gamecocks of Jacksonville state. They're um, a first year FBS team here in 2023, 530 Eastern time kick on CBS sports network. This line's been kind of a little bit all over the place. Uh, according to Caesars, I'm looking right now. Uh, UTEP, the one-point road favorite, 54 is the total. Um, I think you tipped your hand a little bit, but I'll let you have the floor here. What do you think about the Miners and the Gamecocks? Yeah, they're very high on the UTEP Miners. Um, I, I got them at minus one and a half to win this game. Uh, I think that, you know, you said Jacksonville State, their first year in big boy football. Yeah, I, I think they're going to get a wake-up call here early, even though it is at home. Uh, UTEP, I think they just got enough offense that's just going to put points on the board that Jacksonville State can't keep up with. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Rich Rodriguez down there at Jack State. Um, but I do I, – I, I fell in love with the Hardison kid a little bit early in the year last year. Just a, a massive arm, um, like an NFL-type arm. So, uh, again, I, I think I'd agree with you on that one. Uh, okay, let's go to 7.30 Eastern Time, C, or, uh, SEC Network. The Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Commodores hosting Hawaii, uh, the Rainbow Warriors. They should always be the Rainbow Warriors. Um, Vandy, 17.5 point favorites, 55.5 is the total. I might take the points here. I, I think you probably will lay it or play it live or don't touch it, but I will uh, let you speak for yourself here. Yeah, I like the one. I think I got one bet on this game. Um, I'm going Hawaii plus 18 and a half. Okay. Oh, I, you got a hell of a number. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, it was heavy last year. I think Hawaii's much better. Timmy Chang's got them roll, going to have them good rolling out there. That, um, I, that's why I like them. They played a lot better late last year. Yeah, I think they carry some momentum. I'm not saying they're winning the game, I don't think you are either, but. Right. Um, and the other one, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it was the over. I, I love Hawaii overs. I, I just, I couldn't bring myself <laughs> yeah. to do it week one um, coming, you know, across what five time zones. 
So that's something like that. Yeah, going to be tough to get the over on that one. Um, yeah, give me, give me, give me. Yeah, I'm Hawaii eighteen and a half. That's that's the one I'm hammering. Uh, my bad. I I assume you would lay the points there. Another thing I'll bring up, and I, I don't want to be an asshole or morbid on this show, but sometimes, you know, stuff happens in life, and you got to fucking handicap and factor that shit in. Like I remember a couple years ago, the hut, the uh, the husky. The wolf, the dog died at NC State, the live mascot, immediately bet him the next game. Like, you know, they played that game for that dog. And I'm not trying to make a joke or lie to the situation. I don't know what the fuck's going on in Maui, but it looks awful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be conspiracy guy. You could do that in your own time, I guess, out there, listener. But Hawaii's got to be playing for the state of Hawaii, man. That's, a, that's another reason why I like them uh, plus the points here. So... I just wanted to make that point. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to factor all that stuff in. We're we're big we're big uniform podcast too, right? Um, we see some throwbacks or a special uniform. We factor that in here too. So, um, all right, where are we at? Uh, Pac-12 Network, a game none of us will watch, but uh, San Jose State at number six USC, the Trojans. You know, Caleb Williams, defending Heisman Trophy winner. They're a thirty-one point favorite. 66 and a half is the uh, total on this one. Bobby, I know you hate the Trojans, but uh, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I'm just bummed I couldn't, you know, bet my entire life savings on the USC money line to make $100 here. It's just, <laughs> it's just not fair. It, it's got the lock <laughs> symbol on the money line. D- damn these sports books. Yeah, it, it's USC. Uh, I think USC could hit the over by themselves on this game. I got, I'm oh. seeing 66 and a half. I think they could easily put that up. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's one of my that's one of my best bets. I'll give it to you and the listener right now. UFC or UFC USC team total forty eight and a half. I'm gonna go the over. It's only minus one hundred four on FanDuel. Um, I'll play that as a single bet, and then I also gonna put three pieces together for a parlay. Uh, that that would be one of the legs of the parlay. But I agree with you. You mentioned it. They could probably hit the total by themselves. And I told myself if I could get anything under forty nine. It's going to take it. So 48 and a half. Uh, I'll take that team total over. USC probably covers the game too. But uh, just just let me worry about the one side, Caleb, and then hang up a, a big number on the uh, Spartans. Um, all right. Well, we got two games left, Bobby. Let's, let's join forces here real quick. And then I'll let you uh, end it with the Irish. But th- probably the, the game of week zero. On paper, this is the best matchup. Uh, we have a vested interest here, but the Ohio University Bobcats on the road at San Diego State, the Aztecs, um, 7 Eastern time on FS1, so good good channel. Uh, Going to be in a lot of homes, um, San Diego State, according to Caesars right now, um, two-point favorites. And I, I feel like this total has kind of been in that 49, 48 and a half to 50 range, kind of floating in and out there. But, uh, Bobby, I don't, I don't know if you're going to like what I'm doing with this game. I'm not touching the Bobcats right now. I would buy the Bobcats up to 10 and a half, 11, 11 and a half. Uh, so I might wait to try to stream this and get this live if they get down early. Um, I'm just trying to get it. I think if they lose, it's probably by like seven to ten. But I think they can win the game outright. But what do you? What are your thoughts here? Uh, Bobcats going west to take on a, a pretty proud program. Yeah, this is this is one of the ones where I, I looked at the game. I saw plus three. I was like, oh, easy Bobcats. 
And yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm betting with my heart there, not my head. So I, I, I stayed away from that one. I stayed away from money line. I'm taking the over in this one, 49 and a half. Uh, Bobcats can score. Um, so can the Aztecs. And I think the Aztecs, you know, they, they've never seen, um, you know, a team like the Bobcats come across here. I think they, they played Toledo to a 17 to 14 win last year. That that's Toledo is a much better defensive team um, than Ohio was last year. So I, I, I like the points on this one. Um, you know, I, I'm always going to be rooting for the Bobcats, no matter what, it doesn't matter who they're playing outside of Notre Dame. Um, but always be a root for the Bobcats. You know, if it gets, you know, a 10 nothing lead early for San Diego State, like you said, I might hammer back down on, you know, it might be like nine and a half at that point on the book. I might go with that because I think the Bobcats keep it close, and I think they score at will um, with San Diego State. But San Diego State, home, having the Bobcats come across two time zones out to the west, three hours behind, um, it'll, it'll be tough for them, so... I, I like San Diego State to win. I like the over in this one especially. Yeah, yeah. Where it's at now, at a, at a flat two, if you put a gun in my temple, I would I would lay the two with San Diego State. I'm just – I want to get it to a key number. Uh, like I said, you can, you can manipulate these lines. Like, I did it on FanDuel. I'll save part two of my uh, three-leg parlay here. I about owe you up to 11 and a half. You know, the price on it's minus 375, but when you're parlaying it, uh, of course it factors into the total parlay. But, I mean, uh, I, I kind of, like I said, they probably lose by 7 to 10 in my estimation. That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, but I'd give them like a 40, 35, 40, maybe even 45% chance uh, to win the damn game outright. So uh, I'm hoping uh, I, I get the best of both worlds there. Um, and finally, Bobby, we got the Naval Academy. And the 13th rated in the eight people, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, NBC, 2.30 Eastern Time. Uh, over in Ireland, uh, Notre Dame, 20 and a half point favorites, just about every book that I've seen. Uh, obviously, I'm looking at Caesars, too, and it's 20 and a half. Um, what the hell's the total on this thing? Is it, is it the low 50s here? Uh, let's see. My, my, my iPad just fucking bugged out on me so 49 and a half right now is what i'm seeing okay yeah well, yeah yeah 49 49 and a half all right well i'll just get out of your way part three of my uh my leg here i'll lay the 20 and a half of Notre Dame. i know last year it got a little dicey down the stretch but i feel like you guys took your fucking foot off the accelerator but uh all right dude it's your time to to wax poetic on the Irish uh, for 2023, if you want, talk about this game and uh, give a pick. Yeah. You know, we, we, we talked about the quote-unquote conspiracy, um, you know, things that happen with, you know, NC State's Wolf, the fires in Hawaii, um, you know, Mike the Tiger, LSU, things happened. The last time the Irish went to Ireland for a season opening game, they went to the national title game. Now. 2012? Yeah. Okay. Got our doors blown off in that title game. But if you watch Untold Amanti Teo, I blame that all on that. You know, if he's going to that game right headspace, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here with, you know, a replica championship ring on my finger right now. Um, but, yeah, Irish, you said it last year, they, let, they took the foot off the gas. Um, 31 nothing first half. Um, ended up being, what, like 30, 35, 32, so somewhere around there. Um 
I think this is a completely different team than last year. Um, obviously, it starts with Sam Hartman coming in. Um, I, I think this is the first time that we've had a great quarterback. You know, Ian Book was good, all-time wins leader. He was a good game manager. Deshaun Kaiser, he was all right. Everett Golson took us to the last title game. Tommy Reese helped. Um, Jimmy Clausen, I think he was the highest-rated recruit ever to come to Notre Dame. And then Brady Quinn. That's the last time I can think the Irish had a quarterback that you were like, he's going to make all the right plays. He's going to put us in contention every single week, no matter what. And Sam Hartman's going to be that for the Irish this year. Look at the games we lost last year at Ohio State, 21 to 10. Inexperienced quarterback in his first ever start. You know, they played conservatively. Marshall, Drew Pine, he couldn't make a play to save his life. He couldn't throw a touch pass to Michael Mayer from five yards away. Um, Stanford, they, they just blew that game. And then USC, close game, just quarterback just wasn't enough to win that game. So Sam Hartman's already an X-factor decider there for us. Um, good offensive line, uh, three starters coming back, uh, a couple high-rated recruits, receivers. Uh, obviously lost Lorenzo Styles to Ohio State. Kind of, I, I kind of hated that, but I mean, his brother's there, his dad played there. I kind of figured it would happen. So, kind of bummed about that. But our receiving core is damn good. Um, you know, three returners, Chris Tyree moving from running back. Um, you know, I didn't even mention probably top five running back in the nation this year in Audric Estime. Um, he's a monster. He's 6'2", almost 250 pounds, and runs a, a four five forty. He's he's going to get a thousand yards this year. He's going to eat it up. He's going to be awesome. And defensively, I, I think we got seventy percent, seventy five percent of our defense back from last year. Um, in addition to a bunch of good recruits coming in, a couple transfers, uh, Thomas Harper, safety from Oklahoma State, came in. So I'm excited about the Irish. As far as this game. I, I think this is a statement game coming out. It's considered a home game for the Irish. They got special uniforms for this one, um, special end zone, special to, to Notre Dame, um, taking over the, the field stripes, um, you know, 18 field stripes at 42 degrees, all intertwined with an Irish um, logo now. It's, it's going to be great. Irish are going to come out in this one and put the hammer down on Navy. Navy, new coach. New system. I think Navy's going to be moving to a spread team. Uh, did a little read yeah. on their on their offensive coordinators, spread guy, Kennesaw State. So I think we're going to see that. And Navy just doesn't have the recruits to to run that offense. So I, I don't see a lot of scoring from them. The triple option makes you think, makes you have to hit every single thing, every little detail, every single play. So I I, I like the Irish minus twenty and a half. I got them there. I like the Irish first half spread minus 10 and a half as well. I, I think big first half, big first quarter is really going to take care of that for the Irish. I think by halfway through the fourth quarter, rest in starters, and we're enjoying the rest of what Ireland has to offer. I'm, I'm going to make a note because, yeah, I like that. I like that the shorter, obviously it's half, but yeah, I, I like that 10 and a half on the uh, first half too. So uh, that's probably going to get added to my card. Um so I'm gonna I, I'm single betting Notre Dame minus twenty and a half. I'll I'll lay it. It's minus one ten on FanDuel. Um, pretty standard, obviously. Uh, there. Um, and I'm single betting USC total over forty eight and a half at minus one hundred four. Then I'm gonna take those two that I single bet. I'm gonna put those two together, and I'm gonna 
take OU, the Bobcats, up to plus 11 on a three-leg parlay um, on FanDuel, plus 374, almost 375 on a three-legger there. And uh, I'm looking to live bet OU. That's kind of my locks and gambling advice for the week. Um, what Do you have a lock? Do you have any gambling advice before we talk NASCAR and get out of here? Yeah, I'm, my, my lock is Notre Dame, the, the two plays there. Uh, yep. I like um, those. I got my over on the Ohio San Diego State game, New Mexico State minus seven, and then uh, Louisiana Tech minus ten and a half. Those are my plays this week. All right. Well, real quick, and then we'll get out of here. NASCAR, the regular season finale, Saturday night, four hundred miler at the Daytona International Speedway. Um, I mean this this race. Uh, since they've, since they've, sorry, I knocked my mic out of my hand. I must, uh, since they switched up the schedule, man, this, this cutoff race at Daytona, um, as anxiety filled as a cutoff race can be in this new format of NASCAR, it gets ratcheted up on a super speedway. Um, anyway, real quick. I mean, Denny, uh, uh, 10 to one is the, uh, favorite chase Elliott's 11 to one, Brad and Joey. And Blaney, twelve to one. Kyle Busch, uh, winner at Daga this year, fourteen to one. Busher, fifteen to one. Bubba, fifteen to one. Byron, sixteen to one. Larson, Truex, eighteen to one. Dylan Suarez and Almirola, twenty to one. And I'll quit reading the list there as I try to pull up uh, the standings here. But uh, you're, I mean, just go ahead, man. Your thoughts on if you've been keeping up with NASCAR. Um, the last few weeks, last couple months, um, and then just kind of your thoughts on uh, Daytona as a cutoff race before we bounce it back and I uh, look at the look at the playoffs and uh, make picks here. Yeah, um, been watching damn near every lap. Kind of, kind of in and out with the road courses here recently, just because it, it's just so hard. I mean, Chicago was one thing. Really enjoyed Chicago Street Race. Yeah, but. Um, you know, like Watkins Glen, it, I mean, Byron had that race in control once he got to the front. And, uh, like all these guys said, you, you just can't pass people on road courses. It's just, it's just like a, a short track with right-hand turns. Um, it's it, So it's good entertainment. It's something to watch, but I wasn't really crazy about those. Um, really hope the rumor that uh, the Indy Oval is coming back next year, I really hope that that comes true. But Daytona has the cutoff race. With one spot to go, uh, I think we yeah. were in this spot last year. Same, same exact thing, except we had multiple winners. We had fifteen winners at the time, I think. Um, yep. My guy Bubba Wallace sitting pretty right now in this cutoff spot. Um, just needs to point his way in, and probably his best track at Daytona. Um, consistently gets to the front, no matter who he's working with. The Toyota partnership. Um, working with his buddy Blaney and Chase Elliott, who he'll be gunning up against. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I, I think for the guys that could point their way in, Gibbs, Suarez, Bubba, Bubba's got the best shot here. You know, I, I think he's going to be going for those stage points. You know, no matter if it's one stage point, if it's leading the stage and getting 10, that's what he's going for. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of chances here. Chase Elliott, he's got to get a, he's got to get in. He's got to win to get in. So yep. he's going to take chances. And one of the best things I heard was, look at who's in the playoffs already. 
Larson, Byron. I mean, they're two of the top five drivers in the cup right now in standings. They're going to be pushing Chase to the front. I mean, I think Mr. H is going to, you know, he's going to push that button and say, we got to get the most popular driver in NASCAR in. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of chances there. And then think about Almarola, Austin Dillon, those type guys that need a win to get in. They're going to be taking chances. They're both good racers here. They both won races here recently. Um, so I, I, I'm excited for it. Ultimately, I think it comes down to, you know, one of these Speedway racers, Busher, Hamlin, um, you know, Blaney. He's always good here. I think one of these guys that's already got a win this year wins. I think Bubba gets this last spot in. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the points currently, I mean, Brad Brad would need to finish like dead last, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Brad, he's got enough of a points cushion. Um, I even think Kevin's relatively safe. Don't you? Uh, on points. So, yeah, it comes down to Bubba's the last guy in the point standings. Um, well, he's got 590, and Ty Gibbs has 558. Uh, so, a decent cushion there. Um, just, if you're Bubba, and that team just run up front. Like, you don't have to win the race. Uh, you could you could be cautiously aggressive. Um, I'm with you. I don't necessarily know if I see a new winner uh, winning themselves in at the last chance, but, I mean... If Gibbs won, if Bowman won, if Chase Elliott, Austin Cindric, Justin Haley's won here before, uh, you mentioned Al Marola and Austin Dillon. Eric Jones has won at Daytona before as well. Uh, Briscoe, I get it, a Stuart Haas car. Uh, but if Briscoe won, I wouldn't be the most shocking thing. So you got, what, seven, eight guys that could easily – I shouldn't say easily, but it wouldn't shock you if, if they won themselves into this thing. But I'm with you. I, th- I think we get a, a repeat winner um, or somebody's locked in. I kind of like Brad, uh, the veteran experience. The Fords seem like they have their shit together more than the my beloved Chevrolet. And, and you're a Toyota guy. I, I know we both uh, pour hair out a little bit. Like, why can't we fucking work together mm-hmm. to stop the Fords? But uh yeah, if it's ever gonna happen, I I don't disagree with you. Where like, you know, all all hands on deck to to get Chase or Bowman into this thing. If you're HMS, um, if you're RCR, I feel like you're trying everything to get Austin Dillon a chance to to win this race late. Uh, you know, all these big teams uh, gunning for it. But I, I agree with you. I I think the 16 kind of stay where they're at. Obviously, you know, when they re seed and, and apply the playoff points. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, Byron and Truex, they're kind of neck and neck there for the, the points championship, uh, for the regular season, whatever the fuck's that, that's worse, but, uh, it is something, I guess. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess Brad might be my flyer. Um, Logano has been quiet lately. I wouldn't be surprised if he won this thing, but I mean, it, it kind of sucks a little bit for us. But hey, we got TVs. Uh, we got we got uh, uh, iPads. We got phones, so we could have the OU game on and the race on a second screen. So uh, but yeah, man, th- this race it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, I'll, I'll take Brad, I guess, gun the head pick. But uh, I don't have any. It's a super speedway. Probably shouldn't gamble <laughs> on super speedway racing. So I don't. I don't have any gambling plays from that point of view so uh, but i'm excited 
any last words on NASCAR before we plug the show and get out of here? No, nah, man. I, um, I, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm taking Denny in this one. He really wants that regular season championship. Yeah. I, he's I, still alive for it. Yep. Yeah. I think he has to win, win this race and probably a stage, maybe a stage or both stages to win, depending on what Truex and Byron both do. So yeah, I'm going to take, take Denny in this one. I, I beginning of the year, he was my pick. Um, I was high on Byron in our preview for the season. And you were looking real smart right now. Uh, so Pat's on the back to me there, but yeah, I'm excited for this one. Saturday night race. Um, I, you know, I'll probably have this one on TV. I'll probably put the football game on the phone just because a <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> um, little, little more, a little more interesting week zero versus, you know, cutoff race playoff time for NASCAR. So I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can't believe we're here and I'm, I'm ready for the next 20 weeks to consume my life every weekend. Yeah, man. Um, I'm happy you're back. Uh, missed having you on, but I, I you know, it was, uh, I wanted to give you some space to, to get acclimated to the new edition, but, uh, I'm glad, uh, everything's good. Um, and appreciate coming on and, uh, yeah, we're here, man. We did it. So, um, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter and, uh, well, Twitter slash X. I'm never going to get used to that, uh, at podcock PCAST as well as the Facebook page at podcock PCAST available on all major and minor podcasting platforms. Uh, Bobby, you know, the drill, any famous last words for the people? I've been waiting since January to say this. Go Irish. Thanks, man. We'll see you next time here on the Podcock PCAST. Uh-huh.